0: Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Today, I call my message, have the right image about God. If we have a distorted image about God, we will not believe God for greater things. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Holy Spirit, fill this room with your word, let the soil of our hearts be fruitful. We want to bear fruits a hundredfold. So, Holy Spirit, we bring our minds captive to the obedience of Christ. Speak life. Bring light in our darkness. We want to have revelation, Holy Spirit. We open Jesus, our hearts to receive the infallible, inerrant, and powerful word. In Jesus' name, and the church once again says, Amen. Amen. And amen. So, the blessings of God is this everlasting, continuous river. The only thing that can dam the waters of blessings of God upon us is self-righteousness. Is the sense of merit. Is the idea that I should perform better in order to deserve better. And we think that maybe... Uh, God, it's not the God that the Bible says. And people have a a difficulty to understand the favor of God and the blessings of God. And so they try to bargain to achieve what is only received. I'm going to repeat that. That deserves a Facebook post. People are trying to reach what is only received. And that's the paradigm of the grace of God. If you are not humble enough to receive, you don't receive. No, no, but I have to do, I have to perform, I have to to pray, I have to fast, I have to, to have this appearance, the religiosity appearance, in order to achieve. In that case, you will not receive. So that's why God doesn't give us. When we're trying so much to achieve His favor. Because if God will bless us or give us the things we're trying to achieve out of our own efforts and performance and merits, earning God's favor, hmm. in that case, He'll make a, 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 a miswork. He's going to destroy what the, the gospel is all about. Romans eight thirty nine height death, anything else in all creation, it's able, are able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So our God is not a disgruntled father that is displeased to receive his prodigal son back. God is not a grumpy father who is very upset To have to receive his rebellious son in home. Oh, I know. He made such a mess. And now, for the sake of the name of the family, I have to receive this horrible son back. God is not like this. He's not like a wife that is charging very expensive forgiveness for her husband after a mistake. Yeah, you know, I'm forgiving you, but I'm not forgetting. Just to... You know this very well. I forgive you, but uh, don't don't get so comfortable about it. And I counsel couples so much, so many times that they come to the room and you say, "I I tell the sister, look, sister, you you have to forgive your husband. He knows that I forgave him, Pastor. He knows." And you see the guy just like you know with the tails under his legs, just like yeah, I'm forgiven, like almost like charging him, expensive forgiveness. God is not like that. He's a good shepherd that celebrates every time he finds a lost sheep. Every time we understand a new dimension of his favor and grace, there is celebration in heaven. Now, this does not mean we're not going to fear the Lord. Actually, in 2022, this year, have the potential to be the year that we will Fear the Lord the most. You will fear the Lord like you never feared Him before. Now, the fear of the Lord is also another concept very misunderstood. People think that the source of the fear of the Lord is His anger and wrath, His discipline. But the wrath of God will never come upon us, His children, anymore. Romans chapter 5, but God shows His law for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from what? The wrath of God. The wrath of God will never come upon us again, His children. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more, say with me, much more. Tell your neighbor, much more. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Say reconciliation. So, pastor, if the wrath and the discipline of God is not the source, the way we're going to fear Him, because how are we going to even have this concept, this idea, so important in the Bible, of fearing the Lord? Through His accelerated blessings, through His undeserving blessings... His grace that is overflowing and abounding upon us, that's how we're gonna fear the Lord. Let me explain this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Apostle Paul writes, And I, when I came to you, Corinthians, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing. Among you, except Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. So Paul was saying, look, all the blessings, all the favor, all the salvation provided to the one who believes, regardless if it is a Jew or Gentile, it was not wisdom, it was not just a lofty speech. I was not trying to convince you just with positive uh, Kind of like uh, uh, public speaker speech. No, no, no. It is the truth. I'm, I'm giving my life for this truth. I was not trying to convince you to accept me with this amazing, positive, encouraging message of the gospel. No. Verse three. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And mm. my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Now, Paul is saying that he's so amazed, he's so astonished, that the unbelievable grace of God, unbelievable, believable, great message of the gospel was now given freely to the dirty, pagan, barbarians, Gentiles, and Paul was in, he was puzzled, he was amazed, that's why he says, I was in fear, and trembling, giving you guys this message, that is a figure of speech in the Hebrew language. Paul was just amazed. So, not that he was afraid, or he had fright in preaching the gospel. No, no, no. To understand this better, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 8. The prophet said, The Lord in his mouth, I will cleanse them from all the guilt and their sins against me. And I'll forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. What, 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 what is this? This is a prelude. This is, a, this is a, 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 a trailer, a teaser of the new covenant. Of the message of the gospel. Verse 9. And in this city, the prophet keeps saying, shall be to me a name of joy a praise and a glory before all before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them and you know the conclusion when people hear and see the blessings the favor the goodness of God that come upon us they shall fear and tremble Because of all the good and all the prosperity I provided for it. Say a good amen, everybody. 2022, you're going to be a year that your family, we're going to fear the Lord. That your colleagues are going to fear the Lord. That you yourself are going to fear the Lord like never before. You know why? Because the goodness, the generosity of God, the prosperity of God, His favor is going to come upon you in an accelerated way. And people around you will be puzzled, amazed, astonished. They were going to fear and tremble because of the goodness that crowns your life. Come on, somebody. Say a good amen in this house. I want to I wanna have the ear of the Lord that people are going to fear around me. Fear the Lord. Not afraid, not with fright, but in amazement. Trembling, like Paul said. Pastor, come on. This is so good To be true. Don't create this false expectation in my heart. I don't want to be hopeful just with expectation in things that I cannot actually see coming to pass. That's one of the problems of natural human hope. But the hope of God that He gives us in His Word never hurts us. The hope of God is not to hurt us. Why? Because the world has only positivism. Amid the chaos, they want to say, at the end, everything is going to be all right. And they create songs and they give us romantic movies. They make us, you know, chill just with some sort of encouraging, positive messages out there. But our hope has an anchor, has a foundation. Now, I agree with you that. A positive and cheering person is much better than a depressed and negative one. However, that kind of hope is not enduring and can actually hurt people. Why? Because they don't have the anchor in the Word of God. Why? Because when things go sideways, not as they have planned, now there is frustration. Romans chapter 5 tells us, Therefore... Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into His grace. Say with me, access. Come on, everybody, say access. By faith into His grace. So that's the order. Don't never miss the way to access favor. Grace is by faith in which we stand And we rejoice in hope. Say, I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, I'm speaking about this hope, this holy expectation for greater things, accelerated blessings in 2022, not to give you a false hope, a shaky, uh, unsustainable expectation. Again, it's not a matter of fake hope. Paul keeps saying, verse 3, he says, Because of this living hope, not only that, verse 3, but we, because of the hope, we are even able to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Now, pay attention. Why was Paul able to rejoice in the sufferings? Because of the living hope. Now, again, not that he's having this fake smile in the middle of the suffering. What Paul is doing here, the word rejoice, will be better translated as bragging. I'm mocking on, I'm joking over the sufferings. Why? Because at the end, since I believe in the Word of God and His promises, indeed, everything is going to be all right. It's not, again, a fake, pretentious, wishing hope. It is a true, founded in the Word, the true, truthful Word of God. Tribulation could not hurt Paul and cannot move us. Verse 4, And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You see, the cycle closes itself in hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, people read verse 5, as I had read in the past, as I can love my brothers because Jesus gave His love into my heart so I can endure my annoying, boring brother and sister. Uh, it's a it's a way to read but that's not what the text is saying the text is saying that i can keep hoping and believing because god so loved me and have proved his love to me that he dare pay attention he dared to give me a very big down payment to guarantee that one day everything going to be all right the down payment is his holy spirit the dwelling Of his spirit within my spirit is the guarantee that he really loves me. That he really cares for me. That he really works in my life. Paul was conscious of the love of God for him. So he could make fun of the tribulation. Paul had the seal of the spirit as the guarantee of that love. The love of God for him. So despite of the momentary tribulation, which again, while we are in this world, we are subjected to pass through. We can always expect better things to come, greater things to come. We have a living hope. We have the true hope. So tribulation creates an experience with love, with the love of God. I can say this Uh, almost like a pro, because in 2016, when my little one went to heaven, the love of God for me and my family, my boys and my wife, was not just this theological concept. I dare to say that I was able even to smell the love of God through the prayers of brothers and sisters. I could sleep and wake up in another day with sane mind after Having a little one going to heaven early. Only because of the love of God. And yes, it is amazing to see all these blessings. But there is this aspect in the midst of the suffering that we are reminded of His love. The next time you face any trial, you don't need to be scared or afraid. You have hope. The Holy Spirit was given to you. And... Another thing we need to consider is that when we have tribulations or challenges in life, is only God created a venue for his glory to manifest in a greater way in our lives? Think with me, let's be honest. If David defeated a tiny, puny man on that day in 1 Samuel, Probably we never hear the story about David and the dwarf. But we hear about David and Goliath. A man of, I don't know how many feet, but eight feet tall. Six fingers in each hand and foot. And this young teenager defeating this huge giant. Oh yes, my friend. It brought glory to the story. Just like when a couple that overcomes divorce, have a measure of glory that other couples don't have. Just like an addicted person that defeats that terrible, sinful habit, have a measure of glory. Just like a family that crossed through the valley of the shadow of death, without depression and continuous grief, also have a small measure of glory. Your giant is just a staircase for the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. And so we don't... When tribulation comes, we roll up our sleeves and we do like Apostle Paul. We have a living hope. Yet trials may come in 2022, but let them come. I am able to rejoice amid tribulation... Because my hope is founded in the everlasting, powerful, continuous love of God for me. And I have the guarantee of this love. His Holy Spirit is upon my life. Come on, somebody. So it's important we, we change this concept about God. Let us change the image of God in our heart. We must see God in the right perspective. We tend to project over God our human experiences. And that's where probably all these crazy, emotional, schizophrenic deities of the pagan world came from. It's just a projection of human struggles in family, in in, in business, in life. And they created these crazy emotional gods... Lower G gods, deities, to express their own image. And, and uh, we don't do that because we're Christians, God forbid. But unfortunately, we keep still projecting in God this weird, uh, schizophrenic, uh, up and down emotional expectation in God as God will change His law for us based on how we feel about Him. Proverbs 10. 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And these blessings, the blessing of God, He adds no sorrow with it. Say amen. Yes, I'm speaking to you, married couple. That says, yeah, pastor, I got married in the church. And as God gave me this wife. What a blessing. And it roll up your eyes. Yeah, but uh, w- let me remind you something. The blessings of God does not add sorrow. Say amen, everybody. So this building is a blessing. Say amen again. And will not add to our church any sorrow. Hallelujah. I believe that. I, I-, I have nothing to do with this disagreement ne- with Southside. It's just a blessing, pure, simple, for the rejoicing of our hearts. The Amplified Version of the same verse says, The blessings, the blessing of the Lord brings true riches, and He adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing from God. It's almost like repetitive, right? So if it is a blessing, it's not supposed to hurt you. So if you got these six kids... It's for your rejoicing. I have like, th- this, is, this is the blessing of God. If you have this wife, if you have this husband, if you have such a huge building, it is a challenge. We got inside of the promised land. But whenever we step in the promised land, there is this big foot giant waiting for us to war, to conquer that land. Whatever, let them come. I'm going to rejoice in our sufferings. Are you guys with me? I'm going to mock on our sufferings. I'm going to mock on our tribulation. I'm going to have fun during the journey. We're not going to be afraid. That's the right image I have about my God. Now, when people, the people of God was on the verge to enter the promised land, leaving Egypt, they were afraid that maybe the land, the promise, the word of God, the blessings of God were not as good as God has said. And they made something, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Then all of you came near me, this is God saying, and said, Let us, this is Moses, sorry, let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and bring us word again of the way by which we must go up and the cities into which we shall come. The thing seemed good to me, this is Moses saying, And I took twelve men from you, one man from each tribe. Now, maybe you never read this in your Bible. But this clarifies a lot about the twelve spies that came to the promised land. It seems very clear in Deuteronomy that that was not God's plan. That was the people's plan. And they convinced Moses to do that. Because God had already said... The promised land is a blessing that will not add to you any hurt, any sorrow. Are you guys with me? So I know we read, you know, in the previous book in in Numbers that the Lord spoke to Moses. But this is another Hebrew speech uh, language speech, figure of speech. It's just whatever Moses led the people was counted as a divine direction. So the promise was given, the blessings were provided, but the people did not enter the land. We know the story. They spies instead of encouraged people, they were afraid. They saw the blessing and they said, Really, God, that's the kind of blessing you give us? Look, these huge giants, they have wall cities. That's not a blessing. We're going to die in the hands of these guys. And I know some of you guys are looking to our giant now. Look the size of this giant. Come on. And you're wondering, really God? Only the AC? Would you not give us fixed tiles before? And, and now you, are, you, have, you have the chance to stumble in the same mistake. The people did not enter the land. because Not because of sin or disobedience of the law. But because, like Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19 tells us, because they have a heart of unbelief, because they could not believe, their lack of faith, it's explained in Deuteronomy. It says, verse 27, And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, He has brought us out, of the land of Egypt, to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Did, did you hear right? So God have given them the promised land, but instead of taking as a blessing, how did the Israelites got the blessing? God gave that to destroy us. Yes, I heard this sometimes from couples, from kids. I don't know why I was born in this family, Pastor. They want to destroy my life. Really? No. God gave you these parents because they are the perfect parents for you. So rebellious and hard-headed. You need this kind of parents. They are our blessings. They are not here to destroy you. But how many have this wrong image about God that even in the midst of the blessings are expecting to be destroyed? Now, what a difference when we hear Caleb and Joshua in Numbers chapter 14, verse 9. They said, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Come on, somebody say, the Lord. Everybody say, the Lord, the Lord is with us us. Can you say this to your neighbor? Come on, everybody say, the Lord is with us. Get ready, the Lord is with us. So we don't need to fear. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate because this is the year of acceleration. Let's rejoice the good plans the Lord have for us. I need to confess that until the open house day, of Vine Christian Academy, I was working hard with this heavy load burden in my shoulder saying, what in the world I just did with our church? And there was so much work to do. And it was very interesting the moment that there was the, the turning point, the, the, you know, the, the trigger that my spirit got awake few minutes when the open house started, I was still fixing something about the welcome foyer. My wife is my witness here. And she looked at me and said, would you stop? <laughs> so I stopped, and then I saw that, you know, that wave of parents bringing their little ones for the first time to school. And the parents were getting very emotional. Because they're little ones now, you're going to, you know, develop independence, autonomy. We're going to become really human beings, right? Are able to ask things instead of crying. And they were seeing this, you know, uh, umbilical cord being cutted at this moment. So instead of the kids crying, I saw the parents crying. And it was that moment I got myself set free. And I said, man... This is why we're doing this. This is what is this for all about. This is, this is the reason behind. It's to see kids building up generations to come, including their parents. And you know that where we have the most successful outreach in our church is in the window of 4 and 14 years old. It's our window of always growing. You just look around, you're going to see teenagers all around this room and little kids and God gave, gave us the school first, guys. Like Vine Christian Academy was opening, I don't know if you guys know, but the first day, the first class day was this Monday. So, I don't know if you noticed this. First, God gave us the school. Then, as a, on top of the school, God gave us this building. Are you guys noticing this? Now, first, we opened the school. On top of it, we are having our first service today. So maybe, maybe you're thinking it's for us. It is for the generations to come. We're not saying this just for emotional sense. We don't take this for granted. This is a, a huge responsibility. And that's why I can, like the prophet Jeremiah, just believe in the words of God. Let's always stand up this morning.